Today we're in a series called The God I Never Knew. We're in week two. I've titled today's message, Inside Job. Inside Job. I want to use the scripture, John 14, verse 17, as a launching point as I did last week. It's kind of the theme verse for uh, this series. And it says this, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. He says the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And Jesus says to the disciples, you know the Holy Spirit. And as I began this series and began preparing for this series, I asked myself this question. How many of our church family know the Holy Spirit personally for themselves? And so what I want to do throughout this series is I want to help you get to know the Holy Spirit better. That's my goal. And last week, I want to just do a quick review. Uh, just want to summarize. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go, go to peopleschurch.tv, watch the message, listen to the message. It will really help you know the Holy Spirit better. And last week, I shared with you three facts about the Holy Spirit. Fact one, I shared that He is God. The Holy Spirit is 100% God. The, the second fact I shared is that the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are. We talked to you about that last week. The third fact is that he is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it or an object or a thing. He is a person. We talked to you about that last week. Unpack that from a biblical perspective. And then I shared with you four functions of the Holy Spirit, four functions. And we talked last week about he will always be with us. Number two, we talked about he helps us understand the Bible. Number three, we talked about he will help us be a witness. And then I wrapped up the message talking about he guides us down the right path. He leads us, guides us, directs us into all truth. And today what I want to do is I want to give you two more functions of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, in the life of a Christian. And it's my goal whether you just gave your heart to Christ a week ago or you've been a Christian for 55 years I want us all to get to know the Holy Spirit better. Let's all open our hearts and get to know him better. Number one is this. The first function I want to cover with you today is the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us. He's, he's actually known as the helper. John chapter 14, verse 16 says this, and I will pray the Father, Jesus says, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is the helper. That Greek word is paraclete. It means helper or, or comforter or advocate or counselor. The Holy Spirit helps us in so many ways. And I want to share with you just some ways the Holy Spirit helps us. It's not an exhaustive list, but I want to share some ways the Holy Spirit helps us so you can get to know him better. Number one is this. The, the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our weakness, in our weakness, Romans 8 and verse 26 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And we all have weaknesses. We all have weak moments. Let me confess to you, I have weaknesses. And the Holy Spirit helps you. The Holy Spirit helps me in our weaknesses. And to fully understand verse number 26, 
You have to connect it to the previous verse, verse 25. And verse 25 says in Romans 8, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. You see, one of the greatest weaknesses we have as children of God is waiting patiently on God. You see, every one of us is hoping and waiting for God to show up in some areas of our life. Some of you are waiting for God to show up in a relationship or to show up in your family or to show up in your finances or to show up in your career or to show up in your school or to show up in your health. You're waiting for God to move. You have this hope that he will show up. And one of the weaknesses that we have is waiting on God. You see, we know what we want. We know how we want it. And come on, somebody, we want it now. God, now. We need it now. And we struggle. It's a weakness learning to wait on the Lord. And friends, can I tell you, many of us could say, just like your pastor, we have rushed ahead of God And got ourselves in a mess. You see, the only thing more difficult than waiting on God is wishing that you would have. The only thing more difficult than waiting on God is wishing that you would have. And it's a weakness and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, helps us to trust God, helps us to wait on God, helps us not to rush ahead of God. He helps us in our weakness. Number two is this, the Holy Spirit helps us pray. He helps us pray. Notice back in Romans 8, verse 26, he says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now he gives an example, and he goes on to say, we do not, we, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes. In other words, the Holy Spirit prays for us. This, this is an amazing truth. It goes on to say, for, for us through wordless groans. The Spirit prays without words, just this intercedes, groans from the inside. He prays. Verse 27 goes on to say, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. Notice, not for everybody. There's some real benefits to being a child of God. He intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So friends, there are times we're just weak. We're waiting on God. We're confused. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to pray. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And the Holy Spirit prays for us, the Bible says. He intercedes for us. And what I love about this, it says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. See, the Holy Spirit prays perfect prayers. When we don't know what to pray, we're distraught, we're weak, we're going through a tough moment, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us according to the will of God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for praying for me when I don't know what to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for interceding on my behalf. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me in my weakness. Some wonderful benefits of the Holy Spirit. That's one of his roles is to pray for us, one of his functions. Number three is this. The Holy Spirit helps us know we are God's children. We're God's children. Notice in Romans 8, verse 16, and I want to give you a homework assignment. This week, would you read Romans chapter 8? Romans chapter 8 is power-packed about the person of the Holy Spirit and his work in the life of the believer. And, and today I'm just highlighting some of the, some of the passages, some of the scriptures in Romans 8, but it's power-packed. Read it this week and get to know the Holy Spirit even better. It, it says in Romans 8, verse 16, the Spirit himself 
testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So, so the Holy Spirit confirms with our spirit, with our inner man, that we are God's children. Let me talk to you about your spiritual enemy. Sometimes, you know what the devil does? Especially to new Christians. He whispers in your ear and he says stuff like this to you. You're not saved. You're not a Christian. Oh, that prayer you prayed a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh, you're not really saved. You don't really know God. I mean, look at your life. Look at what you did last week. I mean, you don't know God. You're not saved. That wasn't real. Look at your life. Look at the mistakes you just made yesterday. And, and the devil whispers those lies to, to us, and, and the Holy Spirit, one of his roles, one of his functions is to testify, is to confirm in our spirit that we are children of God. Get to know the Holy Spirit. Let me say to somebody here that you recently gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ, and the devil is lying to you. I mean, you surrender. You prayed the prayer. You trusted Jesus with your life. You made him Lord of your life, and you're not saved based on what you do. You're saved based on what Jesus did, and the devil is not coming to you telling you it's not real. You're not saved. Don't let the devil lie to you. Let the Holy Spirit confirm even today that you are a child of God. And what happens is you get to know the Holy Spirit better. Can I tell you, I've been serving God for years now. I can meet the smartest atheist in the world way more educated than me, has way more degrees than me, and they can try to articulate to me why their ears know God. And no matter how great, great they articulate, no matter how smart they are, they cannot convince me that there is no God and that I'm not a child of God because the Holy Spirit, I know the Holy Spirit. He bears witness inside of me. I'm God's child. I belong to God. My sins are forgiven. I don't care how smart you are. I know what God has done in my life. The Holy Spirit, one of his roles, one of his functions is to confirm, is to testify in our spirit that we're God's children. That next verse, I don't have time to teach it today, but it talks about this, that we cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit makes us cry out, Father, he's our Father. I want to give you a second function of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit helps us. I'll be honest with you, I had about 13 to 15 pages of notes to teach today. I had to get it down to three. I got a lot to say today, church. A lot to say today about the Holy Spirit, but I want to teach you. I, my heart is I really want to help you know the Holy Spirit. So get that pen ready. Get ready to keep writing, writing, writing as you learn about the work of the Holy Spirit. The second function is this. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. He sanctifies us. Now, I want to take this very churchy word. I want to break it down for you so that you can understand it and apply it to your life. He sanctifies us. To sanctify someone or something simply means to set that person or thing apart for the use intended by the designer. To set it apart for the use intended by the designer. So a pen is sanctified when you use it to write. Set apart for a specific purpose, the, 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 the way that the, the person who designed it designed it to write, not to stab people with. That's not what it's for. Uh, eyeglasses are sanctified when you use it to improve sight. It's, they're sanctified, they're set apart to improve sight. In the biblical sense, in the theological sense, things are sanctified when they are used for the purpose God intended. So, so for humanity, for human beings, human beings are sanctified when they live according to God's design and God's purpose, set apart to live according to God's design and God's purpose. Let me quickly give you three areas of biblical sanctification. Write this down. Three areas of biblical 
sanctification. We're going to get our minds around this churchy word and understand it. Number one is this positional sanctification. The first area of biblical sanctification, positional sanctification. This refers to the fact that God declares a Christian to be absolutely holy the moment they believe in Jesus Christ. So when God looks at a Christian, no matter their past, no matter what they've done, no matter all of their mistakes, when God sees a Christian, he sees them, he sees the righteousness and holiness of Christ. Understand this, when a person gives their life to Jesus Christ, at that very moment, they leave Satan's family, and they are now in the family of God. They are a child of God, not because of what they have done, but because of what Jesus has done. God looks at them, and he says, you're holy, and you're, I know you just got done making a million mistakes, but I look at you now because you're a Christian, and you're holy, and you're righteous. Your position has changed. You're a child of God now. An example of this in the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. It says, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. In other words, he says, you're set apart because you trusted Jesus as your Savior. You're in the family of God. And if you know the Bible some, the church of Corinth was a mess. They had all kind of sin, chaos junk, pride going on in the church. And he says this to them, though, no, no, you're sanctified, though, in Christ Jesus. That's your position because you've trusted Jesus. And he goes on to say, and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Positional sanctification. My position has changed because I've accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm now his child. God looks at me and he sees me as holy. Number two is this, perfect Sanctification, jot that down. Perfect sanctification. The Bible promises that Jesus is coming back for his church. And as Christians, when Jesus comes back, we will be made like Christ. We will get a glorified body. We will no longer struggle with sin, sickness, or Satan. You see, we're going to go to a perfect heaven and become a perfect people perfect sanctification. When Jesus comes, we're going to be in a perfect heaven, and we're going to be perfect people. Anybody ready for heaven where there'll be no more sickness and no more pain and no more torment, no more devil, no more sin? Man, heaven, perfect place, perfect people. We're, we're going to be like Jesus and see him face to face. The Bible talks about perfect sanctification. Let me give you one example of this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. He says, dear friends, now we are children of God. That's our position, positional sanctification. We trusted Jesus, now we're children of God. He goes on to say, and, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Perfect sanctification, glorified body. He goes on to say, for we shall see him as he is. So one day we're going to have a perfect body, and we're going to be like Christ, and we're going to see him as he is, perfect sanctification. The third area of sanctification is this. The third area is progressive sanctification, progressive sanctification. This is the process of Christians becoming more like Jesus. Now understand this, positional sanctification is when a Christian is set apart as a child of God. Positional sanctification is what makes progressive, progressive sanctification possible. Let me, let me let, understand this. Understand this. When a person gives their life to Jesus Christ, at that moment they become a child of God. 
I taught you this last week. When you give your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. You're a Christian now. That's your position. But the Holy Spirit's role now is to now set you apart from sinful ways and to make you more like Jesus every day. That's what the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. You give your life to Christ. You have, you, have, you have this position of sanctification. God views you as holy, but he places the Holy Spirit inside of you. And now the Holy Spirit begins to change you day in and day out. He begins to set you apart from sin so that your life begins to look more and more like Jesus every single day. Come on, all the students in the class, track it with me. Everybody shake your hand if you're tracking with me. You guys like, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Let me give you an example of how he just progressively sanctifies us. He sets us apart. He changes us day by day to be like Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify. Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit wants to sanctify us through and through, so we become more like Christ. Now, here's what I want to do for the remainder of our time together. I want to spend the rest of our time teaching you how the Holy Spirit progressively sanctifies us, sets us apart. I want to give you the process of how the Holy Spirit makes us more like Christ. Somebody says, Pastor, how does that happen? How does the Holy Spirit make us more like Christ? That's what we're going to learn today. Number one is this. Number one is this progressive sanctification. Number one, the Holy Spirit does surgery in our heart. He does surgery in our heart. Notice Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For God is working in you. We learned last week that the Holy Spirit is God. And God is working in our hearts. And he goes on to say this, Giving you the desire the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So the Holy Spirit's work, he begins on the inside of us. He begins by changing our desires. The Holy Spirit begins first working on the internal, and then it shows up on the external. The Holy Spirit first begins to work on the inside, and then it shows up on the outside. But he begins his work in the life of a Christian on the inside, changing our desires, changing our hearts. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, it says, do not quench the Spirit. Don't miss this. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Next week, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit. A lot of questions, a lot of people trying to search, seek and search, and a lot of misunderstanding. We're going to look at the, the gifts of the Spirit next week. Don't miss next week. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, I read this verse to you a few moments ago, the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now people love to focus on verse 22. Reject every kind of evil. Come on, we, 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 people love to focus right there. You better live right. You better live holy. You better stop lying. Stop cheating. Stop hating. Stop gossiping. You stop it. Stop on instilling. Live right. Live holy. I remind some of you the church you used to go to, huh? I know I do, huh? Live right. Huh? 
I love that kind of preaching. I'm not going to, I like it. But I want to teach you what the work of the Holy Spirit is. I want to give you the work of the Holy Spirit. If we're not careful, we make living for God rules-based. But the key to living for God, the key to living holy is verse 19 and verse 23. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not fight against the Holy Spirit working in you. You see, many people quench the Spirit and His work in their heart because they try to get to God through rules. They try to get to God through religion. They, they try to live holy based on external rules. But the key to becoming more like Jesus is you have to let the Holy Spirit change your desires, change you on the inside where you don't even desire that junk. You don't even desire the stuff of this world. You don't even want the stuff of this world. He changes your desires on the inside of you. It's no longer I got to live for God. It's I get to live for God. It's no longer I have to live for Jesus. It's I want to live for Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit, he changes us on the inside. That's where his work begins, on the inside, then it shows up on the outside. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And friends, to hate what is evil and to cling to what is good, that can only be accomplished with internal motivation. That, that's internally motivated. People don't just naturally hate what is evil. Come on, if some of you are honest today... I won't ask you to raise your hands, but you would say, no, Pastor, I don't hate what is evil. I like it. I want it. I want some more of it. That's what some of you would say, because that's your desire. That's, that's your, you desire evil. You desire junk. You desire the filth of the world. You desire that. And what the Holy Spirit does is he begins to work on the inside of us, and he changes our desires. He changes our heart. And the Bible says, don't quench the work of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit change your desires so you want to and not just have to. You say, Pastor, how, 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 how does the Holy Spirit change my desires? Can you take me a, a, just a little bit deeper and a little bit more into the scripture of how that happens? Let's do that. Let's, let, let's do that together. I want us to look at the work of the Holy Spirit so we get to know him better. How does the Holy Spirit, what is one of the ways he changes our desires? Number two, the Holy Spirit does surgery in our mind. He does surgery in our mind. Once again, we're looking internal, 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 the heart, the mind. Scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, those who are dominated or ruled or controlled by the sinful nature think. Come on, all of our locations, everybody shout, think. Catch that, the sinful nature, think about sinful things. In other words, those who love what is evil, instead of hating what is evil, spend all of their time thinking about sinful things. The battle is lost in the mind. It says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Those who hate what is evil and cling to what is good spend their time thinking about godly things. The battle is won in the mind. Verse 6 says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to change our thinking. He wants to change what we're thinking about, what we're meditating on. And when the Holy Spirit changes our mind, our behavior changes. The Holy Spirit, he begins his work on the internal. Then it shows up on the external. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let 
God transform or renew you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The Holy Spirit wants to change the way you think, and he does it by changing you into a new person. That's what he wants to do, progressive sanctification, change you into a new person, change the way you think. On a daily basis, he wants to make you a little bit more like Jesus every day. And he begins, he begins by changing the way you think and the number one way. The number one way the Holy Spirit changes how we think is by the Word of God. You'll never get your thoughts, your desires changed without coupling the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God together. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to sanctify, to set us apart. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That's why we talk a lot about at People's Church, read your Bible every day, pray every day, have a quiet time with God. Because when you read your Bible every day, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to change your thinking. That's why coming to church is so important. There are a lot of benefits to being in church, but can I tell you, one of the benefits is when you're in God's house every single week and you're hearing the Word of God preached, God, God takes, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and He uses it to change your heart and change your thinking. That's why we talk about small groups around here at People's Church. When you're around other Christians, other believers studying the Word of God, the Holy Spirit takes the Word and He changes your thinking. He washes away the dirty thinking, and he gives you new thoughts and new desires. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Come on, some of you, you say, man, Pastor, I used to think crazy. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You used to think crazy. You used to, come on, I'm going to punch you. That's that, that, those thoughts. Some of you still have those thoughts. Come on. I, it's progressive sanctification. Come on. We're praying for you. Come on. The, the, the Lord's not done yet. Come on. You used to want to cuss folks out. I'm going to cuss you out, you know. I'm going to lose my temper. I'm about to lose my mind up in here. You know, you used to think that kind of stuff. I'm going to get even with you. And yet, when the Holy Spirit's working, he starts changing our desires. He starts changing our thoughts. He takes the word of God, and we start thinking different. We start thinking different about our family and about our faith and about our career, about our finances, about our enemies, about our purpose. We start thinking differently. The Holy Spirit works begins on the internal, and then it shows up on the external. He begins his work on the inside. Then it shows up on the, oh, you're tracking with me today. Number three is this. Number three, number three, number three, number three. The Holy Spirit does surgery in our behavior, our behavior. So the Holy Spirit first does surgery in our heart and in our mind. Then he does surgery in our behavior. I want us to look at this. I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm getting ready to read about nine verses of Scripture. Because when a preacher does that, you get your grocery list out. And you start daydreaming. Don't do that. This is so critical. I'm going I'm to wrap this all together. It's going to all make sense to you. I want you to see how the Holy Spirit does surgery to our behavior. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. We talked about that last week. Let him guide. Let him lead your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, your flesh craves. Verse 17. The sinful nature wants to do evil. The flesh wants to do evil, which is, is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires. Come on, everybody say desires. Holiness is internally motivated. 
the work of the Holy Spirit begins on the inside and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, you follow the flesh, the results are very clear. Here's what it looks like when people follow their flesh. He gives us some examples. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, people who follow the flesh, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like it. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces, notice that he produces. That's his job is progressive sanctification. He takes us where we are and he begins to produce. He begins to change our desires. He begins to change our thinking. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Well, what does it look like when the Holy Spirit is working and we're being led by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit's changing our desires? Here's what it looks like. He says, here's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He goes on to say, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to change our, our, our have to to want to. Everything changes when we allow the Holy Spirit to work on the inside. You know what happens? Is you stop saying, you know what? Well, I have to love you. I'm a Christian. I have to love. And you start saying, I want to love. I want to love. You stop saying, I have to be faithful. Well, I'm, I guess I've got to be faithful. And you start saying, you know what? Something's happened on the inside of me. I want to be faithful. You stop saying, I have to be kind. I have to be kind. I'm a Christian. I have to be kind. And you start saying, I want to be kind. Because the Holy Spirit's changed your have to to want to. He's changed your got to to get to. And then what naturally happens is our behavior begins to change. Love and peace and joy and kindness and patience and self-control begins to permeate our lives. But verse 25 is so key. Verse 25 says this. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We have to work with the Holy Spirit. We have to follow His leading. And some of you are not following His leading. You're not reading your Bible and praying on a daily basis. You're not in church regularly hearing the Word of God preached so the Holy Spirit can change your thoughts and thinking. You're, you're not in a small group with Christians just studying God's Word. You're hanging around all the wrong people. You're in the wrong environment. You're, I mean, you're just going against God's Word and against the working of the Holy Spirit. And I would just simply say to you today, follow the Spirit's leading. Don't quench the Spirit any longer. Let Him have His way in your life. Because let me tell you what He wants to do. He wants to change you on the inside so it shows up on the outside. He wants to change you internally so it shows up externally. It's an inside job.